Not this past summer, but the summer before that, I was in Newport, Rhode Island doing some Navy training. They were teaching me how to be a Navy officer. And I had one of the coolest class officers you could ask for. His name was Lieutenant Randall, love the guy. And I really did like his attitude because he was always very joyful, always down for having a good time. He always just tended to make military training basically a, a pretty surprisingly a fun experience. And in fact, one of the things that he said that I remember pretty well was he told us all right before we graduated from our training course, he said, guys, the minute you officers quit having fun, hang up your uniform and give somebody else a shot. The minute you quit having fun, hang up your uniform and give somebody else a shot. And I remember thinking that, it's like, wow. You know, a part of that is kind of true about the Christian life. Not so much the hanging up the uniform part and letting somebody else try it, but the, act, the part about having fun. Guys, if we're not having fun as Catholics, we're not having fun as Christians, it probably means we're doing something wrong. Because I mean, you think about it. Our Catholic faith, down to its very core, is all about having fun. Think about our awesome Catholic cultures that are just around the U.S. Think about the Irish, the Mexican cultures, the German cultures, the Cajun culture. Think about how much fun they are. The pubs, the fiestas, the polkas, the fedodos, all the things you get to do as Catholics. There's something about our culture, there's something about our faith that just allows us to kick back and truly have fun. I believe we have a faith which knows how to party. And sometimes wonder, where do we get this uncanny ability to party? How are we able to have this much fun? And I think this is the reason. The Catholic faith is designed so that we might be humble and so then we might be exalted. The Catholic faith is designed to make you and I humble so that we can then be exalted. Just like our scripture passage says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And that's exciting because let's be honest, guys. Only humble people are really capable of having any fun. And I think there's three reasons for this. The first reason is humble people, first and foremost, don't worry about what other people think about them. They don't care. It doesn't matter. The prideful man, like the Pharisees in today's scriptures, lives and does everything based off of the opinions of the people. They widen their phylacteries, which, by the way, is just a box that holds the law. It's not what you think it is. It's just a box that holds the law around their waist. Anyway, it's a Jewish thing. Maybe you can Google it. You'll see it. They'll explain it better. But anyway, all right. Anyway, widen their phylacteries, make their tassels longer. All these things are done for the simple purpose of getting people to recognize them. All these are done for the simple purpose of saying, like, hey, look at me. Look how special I am. That's why they love... Places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings and marketplaces, the salutation rabbi. It's all about them. These prideful men are slaves to the opinions of others. And that's what pride does to us. 
It makes us slaves to the opinions of others. It literally paralyzes us in our tracks. Not going to lie. I've read a lot about the Pharisees in the scriptures. I don't think I want to hang out with them. They seem like a bunch of sticks in the mud. They don't seem like any fun. Because all they're cared about, they care about is themselves and what everybody else thinks about them. That's not the humble man. The humble man doesn't care what other people think about him. The humble man cares about only one person, and that's God. That's all that matters for the humble man. The humble man does things simply because God wants them to do things. It does, it does not matter what other people say. They just don't take that into account. And you can take this and kind of extrapolate it and look into how this applies to partying. Let's be honest. Whenever we're in a prideful mood, what are we thinking? Why doesn't anybody invite me out to do things? Why doesn't anybody send me a text, call me, whatever? But if we're in a more humble state of mind, the things flip, doesn't it? If we want to do something fun, we call somebody up and do it. We're not waiting for an invite. We're not waiting for somebody to scratch our back or you know, stroke our ego. We are the ones that initiate the party. That's the beauty of humility. Humility is an active virtue. It gets us moving. Pride kind of stiffens us. Worries about and worries a lot about what everybody else thinks. I'm convinced that if you want to have fun at the party, don't be prideful. Be, be humble. Anyway, that's the first point. Humble people don't care about what other people think. The second, humble people are the only people that are capable of going on adventures. Think about our common stories. Think about things like Luke Scott. Think about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, fairy tales. That all involves the protagonist. He's always a humble person. Luke Skywalker, Frodo Baggins, Jack and the Beanstalk. And through those little tiny men, we have great, exciting, fun, thrilling stories that have entertained people for ages on end. You don't hear fairy tales about Darth Sidious. Don't really care or hear stories about the, bee, the giant in the beanstalk. There's no great mighty tales about Sauron, the Dark Lord, in Lord of the Rings. Nobody really cares about them because that doesn't make a good story. These people are mean, they're sticks in the mud, and nobody wants to deal with them. Because they're not capable of going on any great adventures. All they're capable of doing is glorifying and feeding their own egos. And that can be seen not only in great fairy tales or great stories... But that can be seen in the story of all time, in God. God, my friends, became a humble man. God became a little guy. God became flesh and fought and beat the big bad devil as a little tiny baby and as a little man in Israel. That's the beauty of God. God shows us how to go on an adventure by giving us his only begotten son. And finally, Third and final point. This is the most important. Only humble people can really appreciate the gifts and the beautiful things that are around them. And you look no further than children. I've been saying, I've said a few masses here. And one of the things I noticed is that the great fascination of Our Lady of Wisdom is that pond right outside. Those kids love to go to that little pond and see those little fishies swim around and play with the little seaweed. It's a little disgusting, but they love, they just love it. They eat it up. I don't really care. I'm kind of a stick in the mud. It just doesn't really bother, it doesn't really make a difference to me. But to a little tiny kid, that pond is an ocean. 
an infinite abyss where all kinds of possibilities that can happen. To a kid, a goldfish is like a big, bad, great white shark. Maybe a great gold shark, probably, more like it. But my point being is whenever you're small, even the littlest things from our perspective seem so big. Think about whenever we were kids. We were always looking for the little nook and cranny. We were always looking for those little secret passageways. We were always looking and going on an adventure because we were fascinated by the giant world that's around us. That's the beauty of humility. Humility makes us small so we can appreciate those big, beautiful things in our lives. And it's not just creation, guys. It's instead also divine reality. I'm convinced the reason why we don't really care too much about mass, the reason why we don't really care too much about the great holidays of Christmas, of Easter, Christ the King, all saints, all souls, isn't that these things are intrinsically boring, but it's just that we're boring. We're too prideful. Our culture, rather, is just too prideful to see how truly incredible it is that we have all these saints in heaven. How truly incredible it is that God became a man. How truly incredible it is that God rose from the dead after being put on a cross. That, in and of itself, is amazing. But we'll never, ever, ever see that if we don't truly have humility. My friends, the Catholic faith is designed for us to gain that humility. It's the reason why we have seasons like Advent, seasons like Lent. It's the reason why one of the first things we do at Mass is pray the Confidior, where we say, my fault, my fault, my most grievous fault. All those actions are like deaths in our lives so that we might experience a resurrection. But you can't have a resurrection without a death. It's impossible. There's no way for us to rise unless we first fall. And it's the best way to fall is to fall on our knees in prayer. But how do we do that? How do we effectively humble ourselves so that we might be exalted? And I think the best way to do that is through the prayer, the litany of humility. The litany of humility was a prayer written in the 1800s by the Secretary of State for Pope, Pius, Pope St. Pius X. And it's one of the most difficult prayers you can ever read because it cuts to the heart of all of our pride. And so to close off this homily, I like to pray with all of you guys. If you will, join me in prayer. Our response will be, deliver me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the fear of being humiliated. From the fear of being despised. From the fear of suffering rebukes. From the fear of being calumniated. From the fear of being forgotten. From the fear of being ridiculed. From the fear of being wronged. From the fear of being suspected. The response is, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. 
Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may de- decrease. Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus grant me the grace That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus grant me the grace to desire. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Friends, these cards, which have the litany of humility, are in the back of both both sides of the church. So now, my friends, now that we've prayed for humility, now we can go out and have some fun.